You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to the Comics Hall. We've got a very special episode for you this week. In fact, it is the Captain America anniversary special, where we will be celebrating 80 years of the Star-Spangled Avenger. We are joined by our moderator, Rob. You want to say hi? Hi, everybody. I'll be in the chats to answer any questions or pass anything along to Amy and Paul as we go through. All right. Thank you, so- sir. Hope everybody is ready for a fantastic dive uh, through the history of Captain America. We've got 80 I, years to cover, so hope hope you've budgeted your time well. Now we're going to give you guys a, a quick revisitation of gold and silver, bronze and modern age, and yes. all the things we love about Captain America. We've got some uh, fun facts. We've got some fun special uh, things going on for you. But before we get too far into it, we did have a panel of the week showdown because the theme of this week is best of Captain America. Yes. We did ask you guys that for the Holler at the Hall too, so we'll get to that later. But we did have a panel of the week showdown where it was just Paul and I picking our favorite Captain Americas. Mm-hmm. Now I can lead us off here, Amy, if you'd sure. like. Um, so my panel, and I'm sorry, everyone, my notes are actually over here today. Um, I'm having a weird computer thing. I promise I'm not disinterested. I'm actually, (laughs) we're both super stoked for this episode because, um, I think it's pretty safe to say, I mean, me and you are like casual Captain America fans. Like we, we know him, we love him from, you know, the MCU, (laughs) from all our events, but this was fun for, I think both of us and Rob included for all of us to sort of take a real deep dive into sort of Captain America. And I can't believe it's been 80 years. I know. Uh, much longer than you and I have been reading comics combined, I, I think it's safe to say. I uh, agree. But yes, this was a fun opportunity to uh, research some topics that we maybe not were not as familiar with while right. finding out where our favorite uh, Captain America moments fit in that grander scheme of things. Yes. Um, so like Amy was saying, we we do have a panel of the week um, this week, and it was just Captain America was the theme because we were celebrating Captain America Day all day today. So mine was actually from Captain America number 695, titled Home of the Brave Part 1, uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Chris Somney, and colors by Matthew or Matt Wilson, as he's known, you know, to his friends. <laughs> um and so we can see here Captain America fighting um, you know, various uh Various super, they're all also super soldiers that we see here. Um, I absolutely love this panel because you see my favorite part of this whole panel is that top left or top right corner, whichever way you're looking at it. It just says, and legends never die. Um, because not only does that speak to the Captain America fan in me, but also the Sandlot fan in me. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it so, so much. And then you see uh, someone saying, get them. They're saying, we're trying. Who is this guy? He's moving like a rocket sled. So uh, I absolutely love this panel. And uh, Chris Somney. I mean, Chris Somney, right? Yeah. As soon as I saw you pick Chris Somney, I was shaken in my boots. Uh, But I picked, I believe, a pretty worthy contender. Of course, Infinity Gauntlet number four. In fact, several people picked this as their favorite cat moment for the Holler at the Hall. And it's a very simple panel. It's not Captain America being showboaty, but it is him 
at the uh, just kind of in the face of uncertainty and danger. This is from Cosmic Battle on the Edge of the Universe, specifically the fourth issue, uh, written, of course, by Jim Starlin with art by Ron Lim and George Perez with colors by Ian Laughlin and Max Scheel. And of course, he says, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory noble sentiments from someone who is about to die and we got to see this played out on the screen of course uh very similarly in infinity war just a quintessential moment of the quiet captain america i think uh, which is just as important as his battle ready side Mm -hmm. yeah truly an incredibly iconic panel i mean like when you talk iconic you know uh sort of character defining moments i think this is up there hands Mm -hmm. down and interesting to see that it came in a book that wasn't even a Captain America title right. necessarily. Yeah. So you guys voted. We put the votes to Instagram and the Let Your Geek Side Show group, and you guys let us know loud and clear who the clear winner is. Paul, do you want to take it away? So the winner of our Captain America panel of the week is my panel. It's uh, <laughs> Captain America number 695, Home of the Brave, part one. Thank you, everyone. Yes, uh, all is right again. I've finally, finally started, I'm starting to sort of etch into Amy's consecutive wins here. It's, I've been <laughs> on a two, two week losing streak. It's been bad. Um, and this one was close. It was a lot closer than the last couple of weeks have been. Amy's handed it to me the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, but this was, uh, this was well fought, but also another time where Amy has also won on Instagram, but I, I want, I had enough votes in the let your geeks at show Facebook group where we post this on tuesdays yes that's why your vote matters because it might look like i was pulling ahead on instagram and i was fairly confident and then i showed up to work this morning and that was not the case (laughs) it was not the case but the real winner here is captain america uh celebrating 80 years and i think we do have a little bit of a, a special something to commemorate that we sure do so as a a gift from and for captain america we've got a reward code for everyone chris throw it up on screen Reward code is happy 80th cap C-A-P. That's H-A-P-P-Y 80-T-H-C-A-P. Go to side.show forward slash code and you can enter that now. That's for the first 2,000 Avengers that get there first. So, <laughs> so again, you'll want to assemble on your Sideshow account real quickly. <laughs> yes. And um, something with shield. <laughs> I had nothing else, Amy. We, this wasn't in the script. <laughs> I know. We're, when we go off book, it's a little little touch and go there. <laughs> no banter scheduled until 4.13. Uh, yes, everyone. So you've got a reward code there. That is for the first, again, 2,000 people. Happy 80th cap. And, and just in general, happy 80th cap. Happy <laughs> birthday, dude. Um, yes, indeed. So side.show forward slash code to enter that. Um, Amy, should we get into the bulk of our uh of our that wasn't like a pun that was just how i say words sometimes the oh no show. <laughs> absolutely i think we've got a a lot to cover of course we 80 sure years yes. to uh give everybody the grand tour of but there's i as we said before there's just a lot of fun stuff that kind of shakes mm-hmm. loose when you really dig in on where captain america came from uh and how he started and no better place for us to start than with the golden age of comics yes. now for those of you who aren't familiar there is a definite age um the years vary based on who you ask but there is a definite kind of phase that comic Mm -hmm. books go in and golden age is the kind of soonest of the uh caped heroes and really really interesting stuff uh so we're gonna start with the golden age which is the 1940s to the 50s kind of variable dates uh 
this was when Captain America was created. I mean, yes. we're going back to the source. Now, Amy, let's let's say something right up top that I think is is a bit of a misnomer for people in Captain America. Stanley did not create Captain America. No, he was created and by Joe Simon and Jack mm-hmm. Kirby. He sure was. Uh, and, uh, you know, St- uh, Captain America was created uh, for Timely Comics in ni- the 1940s. I was going to say, he wasn't even technically a Marvel character then. No, he-, he wouldn't be a Marvel character at this point for about another 20 years. Yeah, because and before he was even a Marvel character, he was an Atlas Comics character mm-hmm. after Timely. So yes. uh, if you know your Marvel history, Marvel didn't come around for a little while. So we've got Timely Comics, which uh, perfect time to start. <laughs> uh, he was created in 1941. Mm-hmm. He sure and was. The uh, sorry, the thing that always gets me is uh, the debut issue. Oh yeah, yeah. About a million copies sold uh, overall, almost a million. Mm-hmm. Ten cents a pop. Yes. These were made on pulp paper. These were meant to be cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. They were sold at ten cents a pop, and now I couldn't even imagine what a Captain America number one would be selling for properly. Yes. But if you if you know somebody who managed to transmit a golden age comic all the way into the modern age with not too many dings scrapes uh uh, coupon cutouts or names written on the cover then you could be sitting on a gold mine so 1941 captain america number one of course we know the iconic cover Mm -hmm. Uh, my favorite part of that cover personally i mean i love the whole thing but i love the bubble with bucky in the bottom it's just like (laughs) the word like captain america is fighting like go help him like, I feel like we've said this a number of times, Amy. It's like, Bucky, you're just standing there. Go help Cap. Like, but, uh, I, I agree. Go help. Cap Cap was doing just fine on his own fighting yes. the uh, Axis powers, of course. We know that. So that's an important thing is he debuted mm-hmm. during World War II. Right. So and, and that's that's very uh, it, it's very important to know, like, why Captain America was created and why his success was so prominent during that particular time. We're talking in the 1940s relatively to about 1947, I'd say, Amy, but f- maybe that's not when World War Two ended, but he did have some life and some legs after uh, right. you know post-war but those legs were 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 not as long as i think they had thought because he he does go away for a little bit but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here yeah so let's talk about a couple of other firsts for the golden yeah. age because mm-hmm. it did really set the groundwork for uh some things that did carry through for captain america over different uh other eras so while he was not created by Stan Lee. Stan Lee did introduce a very key part of the character that endures to this day. Uh, in the back of issue three, he helped pen a backup story called Captain America Foils the Traitor's Revenge. And Stan Lee introduced the concept of Captain America throwing his yes. shield as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just I think Captain America in at, at that point was sort of like a good, you know, the average punch him up sort of hero. He had served a purpose uh, and he was. Uh, again, not to take words directly from comics, but he was an idea. And um, this was sort of a, a manifestation of that idea. And and again, what, like Amy said, Stanley did not inherently create, you know, Stan, uh, uh, Captain America, but he does play a huge part in what Captain America means to all of us and how he still sort of holds true today, I'd mm-hmm. say. 
Absolutely. And again, Cap wasn't a member of the Avengers for a little while either. Nope. And even before the Avengers, he joined the All Winners Squad. Actually, he was the leader of the All Winners Squad with a familiar lineup uh, that fans might recognize from a later series that we're going to get, uh, we're going to touch on in the Bronze Age. But the All Winners Squad included Bucky Barnes, of course, mm -hmm. the Human Torch and his sidekick Toro. The Submariner, Namor. Uh, the Wizard, who had a pseudo cameo in the Jessica Jones series. Very different Wizard than we know, but the kind of speed-based. Um, and then Miss America, who later her identity kind of became that of America Chavez, but it's not the same. There was a, a distinction uh, of Miss America, but this was the all-winner squad, and they really were a prototype for a team that comes a little bit later. Won't get ahead of ourselves there, <laughs> but... Uh, just a, a, a fun lineup that uh, was because you said he was he was a classic beat em up guy. But this was really in the landscape where there weren't a ton of superheroes just right. yet. I mean, we we had a number uh, and just there there were they were starting to come up. But this was he was really a morale booster for Americans, um, kind of really getting in on the forefront, I think even before America had formally joined the war. Um, right. But it was, he was a symbol of patriotism. And like you mm -hmm. mentioned, once the war was over, they kind of didn't have a ton of plans. I can say they probably didn't imagine 80 years of Captain America continuity spinning out yeah. of it. Um, but. Well, and Amy, what's interesting, you know, that you had, that you'd bring that up, that there was, there wasn't a whole lot of what Captain America was doing, but there was definitely an oversaturation uh, in you know, in Joe Simon's words, an oversaturation of supers. So right. because his original <laughs> name, which I love, was supposed to be the Super American, and then he said no. I he literally said he's like that doesn't work for me. We're not doing su Super American. There weren't many captains in comics at the time, so he actually it ended up going with Captain America. But there is a uh, another uh, hero that is Super American that did exist in uh, I believe it was ML. I have my notes here in MLJ comics for just a fl like a flash. Again, that's DC. I'm not trying to cross, <laughs> you know, cross uh, pollinate here, but. And then there was a Marvel captain who didn't belong to timely <laughs> comics, but you know, uh, that's, that's another, that's another <laughs> license, another, another day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but so, as we mentioned, when the war subsided, timely really wasn't mm -hmm. sure what to do with him. They still had a few more years of comic stories, kind of left in him yeah but it got weird it got meandering and eventually they kind of just quietly mm -hmm. faded out captain america and it wasn't until later that we got the whole idea of steve rogers being put on ice and being thought out later that actually will come up when we switch ages here but yep. uh, i think there's one more important golden age relic that unfortunately doesn't uh, exist to this day. It's actually been referenced inside of Marvel continuity, but as a fan, you yourself cannot oh, partake yes. of it any longer. Paul, would you like to yes. explain a little bit about that? It is the Sentinels of Liberty, true believers. Uh, patriot as a patriotic send away for a badge and an ID card. Uh, basically, it was just uh, a very early prototype, I, I would say, for what a lot of um, really popularized uh, fan clubs would end up looking like for superheroes. Like the Mary the Marvel Marching Society itself. Exactly, yes, mm -hmm. which we have covered on this show. And it's funny to see that we actually finally made our way to the Sentinels of Liberty, which sort of set the groundwork for a lot of these. Now, again, uh, DC and stuff had done some of this, but specifically for Marvel, this was huge for them. Yeah, and Definitely. 
the the cutaways and sendaways for of of old haven't really persisted yep. into the modern day. I the only one I can think of that ever was similar was Paper Girls, and I joined the American Newspaper Delivery <laughs> Guild. But this was a really fun uh, and easy way for fans to kind of quickly engage with the <laughs> comics, and that's why so many uh, old comics you might acquire have pages and chunks cut out and, of them. And, you know, Amy, and to that point two things i have applied to the department of truth i haven't heard back and we have, <laughs> we have uh filled out our application as the comics hall for strange academy and we That's didn't right. hear back so um <laughs> but they will respond sometimes but i'm sure they will uh but yeah this it's just a a fun old relic uh yeah. of the time and i can't remember off the top of my head so if you're in the comments shout it out and rob can let us know i know that there is a marvel character in the Captain America continuity, I believe it was one of the additional nomads, but I could be wrong, mm. uh, who was actually a member in-world of the Sentinels of Liberty. They kind of yep. made it into a, a Marvel continuity. Um, well, and there are so, um, so many comics that Steve Rogers is actually, in the Golden Age, he's penned as one of the writers of his own story. <laughs> and we actually see, and, and the artist, I believe, and we see in Captain America, the first Avenger in the MCU, again, getting ahead of ourselves, but um, Peggy catches Steve Rogers doodling and drawing and it's a Captain America suit. And that was like a nod to mm -hmm. that, which I thought was really cool. But but yeah, it, this is an interesting time, especially towards the end, because we've got Cap going from issue, Captain America comics from issue one to 75. Um, and then, you know, around issue 72, it starts turning into a horror comic because that's what was popularized at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they tried again, it's issue 76 and 78. And then as Amy said, we get to the, uh, the block of ice story cause they weren't sure what to do with them. Yeah. And so, um, we want to try to kind of leave you guys with comic book recommendations, but for the golden and silver age, it's a little harder. We understand that first of all, not all of these books are extremely accessible in physical format. However, um, I don't know if all of them, you can speak to it, Paul, but a yeah. great number of the vintage comics are available on Marvel Unlimited. Um, so if you are interested in checking out those very earliest Captain America stories, you can check them out. It's very interesting because they are no, uh, by no means the gold standard for what a Cap story can mm -hmm. be. We get more of that increasing into the bronze and, uh, and modern ages even. Uh, but th it's great to see where the character came from. That's that classic 40s and 50s sensibility. Yeah. Totally. And and like Amy was saying, you could go, if you've got a Marvel Unlimited subscription, you can totally go right now. You can find Captain America Comics 1 through like 30 or 40. They don't have all of them because with the comics that old, um, I'm not even sure how they even get like Captain America Comics 1 into that. I know it's some form of scan that they do. So it's a process. But a lot of the older comics, the prototype, or I should say the archetype for what Captain America became, is can be found in the golden age uh which plays a huge role into look amy see what i'm doing jumping i jumped Woo. into the silver age <laughs> silver age so man i'm tired that's a big Jesus. big leap uh <laughs> roughly the late 50s to the 60s up mm -hmm. to the 70s kind of not not really exceeding 69 or 70 but yeah. just kind of you know, it's kind of mishy-mashy, but the right. bulk of the stories for Cap at this point now came between 61 and I'd say 68. Yes. Um, were kind of the big the big years for him. Mm -hmm. And so, again, jumping right into the Silver Age, um, I'm going to sort of lead off the Silver Age with what I thought was a one of the fun facts that me and Amy are going to sprinkle in throughout the whole show. So this was uh, – the year is 1963. 
And um, paint me a picture, Paul. <laughs> we're talking specifically about Strange Tales number one fourteen, where you've got it's a Human Torch and a Captain America. Oh, thank you, Chris. Yes, Strange Tales number one fourteen. It's a Human Torch and Captain America story, and you can see that the Human Torch is fighting Captain America, and it's one of those things. Like Amy, you'd pointed out the joke earlier. Like, why is Steve Rogers punching Steve Rogers? That's one of my favorite comic book <laughs> covers, featuring Cap. It's like, why are these heroes fighting each other? So what's actually really interesting about this particular issue is, yes, we see the Human Torch fighting Captain America. It turns out that's not the actual Captain America. It is a um, – it, it's like a world-class gymnast. It's not um, Batrock the Leaper. No, it's not Batrock. <laughs> it's not Batrock. We, we've looked. It's not him. Um, but what was interesting is Marvel had a panel at the end of the book that asked if folks would like to see more Captain America. Uh, it was basically – a bit, it, it was a big market research book because, again, they weren't really sure what to do with Captain America at this point. And again, this is 1963. This is November 1963. They're not 100% sure really um, what to do. And then I believe I actually pulled what the, what the panel looks like. So Chris is going to bring that up in a second. But um, we don't see Captain America again after this until March of 1964 where Steve Rogers returns in a – a really small book that wasn't very popular at all um, called Avengers number four. So here's the actual <laughs> panel um, that was in the book. And I, I mean, again, we say all the time, we miss that comic books used to just do this and just be outright and just talk to the audience. <laughs> um, and you see that's actually um, the human torch there. And he's saying, I wonder whatever did become of him. Is he still alive? Talking about Steve Rogers, I'm sorry. Um, Captain America. He says, will he ever return? I'd sure like to know. And then, boom, Marvel enters and says, you guessed it. This story was really a test to see if Amer if, if you would like to cap have Captain America return. As usual, your letters will give us the answer. <laughs> and then the next issue is the Human Torch fights Spider-Man's old enemies, the Sandman. Oh, there's going to be a lot of glass <laughs> in that episode. So um, it's not quite a write-in to see if the Joker is going to let Jason Todd live or not, but right. it is a very, very much a... It, it's interesting because there's a couple other characters I can think of in comics that have had that fake introduction, that kind of fake out, not, mm. uh, namely Domino and Copycat. Um, and oh, then okay. um, yeah. Valkyrie or Brunhilde was introduced mm -hmm. in an Avengers where she was with the Lady Liberators, but we turn it turns out it's the Enchantress the whole time, and the actual right. Brunhilde doesn't appear until later. But never before mm -hmm. had it been like a ooh gotcha. Do you want him back? Because you can write in and tell us, and we'll we'll write some more stories. But it did it did speak to the fact that they didn't have a definite plan for this character, and and we could very well be sitting here today celebrating the. The 10 or 12 years of Steve Rogers, but here we are celebrating 80 years 80 of Captain years. America. And uh, yeah, and Stanley had said that they got a resounding, you know, cry of people saying, like, yes, let's please see some more Captain America. So that was the perfect introduction, I believe, Amy, if you want to kind of take us there to um, where we see him next. Yeah, so we in that very same year, I believe, also in 93, we get the Avengers number four. So that's an important thing for all of you out there to remember. Another Captain America misnomer, because we got, we got fun facts and misnomers. Another Captain America misnomer is he was not part of the original Avengers. He, he was not part of the lineup. Um, the Hulk has uh, stepped off the book at this point, 
and uh, he jumps in. And this is the first time we get to see Captain America interacting with Iron Man, Thor, uh, Wasp, and Giant Man. And then there is a Submariner tale in the book as well. Um, But this is where we get the block of ice story coming Mm -hmm. from because they wanted to find a way to introduce Cap and get him to the team, but also explain where he's been. Um, But most interestingly, a lot of fans who have been following the MCU with great interest will, of course, go, yeah, Cap missed decades. He woke up in the modern era. Well, he did wake up in the modern era for Avengers number four, but the yeah. modern era was only about 20 years later. <laughs> he was frozen, I believe they said, from 42 to 65 or so. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, about. Which, so he was only- I mean, at, at that time. From 42, like where we were as a country from 42 to 65, it was radically different. So, yeah. So uh, there was a lot happening, which uh, was would be perfect to put Captain America right, you know, right in the middle of. Um, so 20 years, you know, to us now is like, oh, well, Captain America has gone for 70 years. But at the time, that was groundbreaking. Yeah. At, at the time, that was Futurama levels of cryostasis. <laughs> I mean, just the idea that a human could be frozen on ice that long. Uh, but we do, of course, get that. And that is our prototype for the the absolutely iconic path Mm. to follow of Cap becoming one of the consummate leaders of the Avengers time and time again across the the course of his career. Um, But I think that's, that is such a fun, that is one of my favorite fun facts that, that that it it was only 20 years, but that's Mm -hmm. a huge leap between wartime America. And then we've got, I mean, cold war coming up, but sixties America. Um, And then uh, it took another five years, I believe, uh, to get his own solo title uh, or a second solo title. And so in the post-war era launched on April 1st, 1968, not Mm -hmm. as an April Fool's Day joke, uh, (laughs) we got a, um, a Captain America, I guess that would be technically Captain America one volume two. Two. Yeah. Volume two. So um, yeah. And for, you know, and you know, for folks out there again, because we, we try to educate everyone and whether you've been reading for years or this is, you know, you just started going to shops. It is interesting to see how, you know, definitive characters or huge characters, we're talking Spider-Man, Batman, you know, Captain America, of course, um, they are broken up by volumes and, you know, these big epic runs that they have. And volume one would really be Captain America comics, number one. And so in the Silver Age in 1968, like that Amy was just mentioning, that's when we get volume two, because that's sort of the new era of him. So uh, if if you're ever looking stuff up, you find yourself up on uh, you find yourself on Marvel fandom or something. You're like, I have no idea where to start. That's sort of how you can break it up. You know? The, yeah. The- like for example, I know we're going to touch on it shortly, but the uh, incredible and iconic Brubaker and Epting run of Captain America, which began with a Captain America number one, was considered volume five. So yeah. that is the fifth number one relaunch that we've got. And mm-hmm. there's there's quite a few of those over the course of comics history. Um, yep. So once again, for the Silver Age, I mean, I, I believe more of these are on uh, Marvel mm-hmm. Unlimited as well because right. they're from an era that's slightly easier to find. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen more Avengers number fours trade through comic book stores than I have ever <laughs> seen a Captain America one. Um, yeah. But again, if you want to check that out, check out those kind of quintessential uh, origin story. Uh, yeah, just kind of the way that those are tackled, and I believe in this era as well. Um, as a part of that title, um, we did get a Stan Lee. I'm not sure if Jack Kirby was the artist, uh, but we did get a Stan Lee version of the origin story um, later as well. Like the, with the retelling. Yeah. yeah, the retelling. That famous cover where he's busting through the newspaper. Yes. Um, and this is also, again, if you are 
um, fans of the Avengers as like a character, which we totally get because the Avengers as a character, and if that's your favorite character, that makes perfect sense. Um, this is really where you start seeing the groundwork for how Captain America deals with all of these different personalities that are on the Avengers. Um, you really start seeing that being hit hard in that um, Avengers number four and and beyond, and Captain America as a as a as a man out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole theme really starts, you know, catching um, catching on there. So yeah, yeah, I, I and- checked. And yeah, a lot of these are available on Marvel Unlimited. That entire Avengers Volume 1 run is is there now. And one of your other best places for a lot of Cap stories, even though it's not a Cap-titled book, would be Tales of Suspense uh, oh, yes. with Iron Man and Captain America. And there, There's quite a few times over his career that Cap is double-billed as well. There is a Captain America series that is double-billed as Captain America and the Falcon. You can usually just find it under Captain America. Um but that does really bring us into where we've got the first two kind of eras of his life. We've got who is Captain America. They spend all their time, the writers spent their time building up who Captain America is mm-hmm. and what they want him to be. We get to the Bronze Age, if you don't mind me segueing, we start to get a little bit of a look at what Captain America is not or chooses not to be. Um, so in the Bronze Age, that's about the 70s to the 80s. Mm-hmm. Some people even believe that the modern age begins in the 80s, but that would make the modern age the 80s through the 2020s. Uh, so that's that's a huge modern age. So we're going to go up. We're going to push it right up to the 90s. Yes. Um, so we get the Invaders, number mm-hmm. one, in 1975. And as I was mentioning earlier, the all-winners squad was the prototype for the Invaders. Um, this team features Namor, the Human Torch, again with Toro and Bucky. Um, and as opposed to the all winner squad, the invaders were really known for being Marvel's first team to really not all get along. Uh, this is of course in before the fantastic four's internal family strife. Mm-hmm. This is a group of disparate heroes who don't always agree, which is very interesting to see. And it's much more the norm nowadays. I mean, oh, yeah. I think the defenders, both iterations of the defenders kind of took a cue from that, um, and, but and, we have the uh, invaders. And I believe we have that cover. Chris will pull that up in a second of invaders number one. But it's also important to note that this is Android Human Torch. This is also yes. Jim Hammond. It, Jim, is Jim Hammond? 99% sure it's Jim Hammond. That's a good uh, question. Super, and I was... moderator Rob will will actually me very soon. So, but I think it's Jim Hammond um, because this is an, an homage, Amy, as, you, as Amy was saying, to the all winners squad um, of of yesteryear. So I, uh, I do think that, um, um, Oh, Oh, we might, that was our bad. We didn't pull the invaders. We did pull secret wars though, (laughs) but we know Chris is listening. So thank you, Chris. Sorry about that. Got to keep you on your toes, man. So we don't (laughs) have one, but if you looked up invaders, number one, uh, it's very iconic. I'm sure if you've been reading comics, uh, you've seen this cover at some point. It's, and it's and I, I believe they did a more modernized version as Chip Zdarsky revitalized the team within the last five years right. uh, for, for comics as well. So this mm-hmm. is an enduring kind of lineup. Um, but on that note, we also do have in this era the first Secret Wars, which is a 12-issue miniseries, yeah. um, not to be confused with the 2015 event that I love so, so dearly. <laughs> um, but this was a real assembly of Dozens and dozens of Marvel characters. Of yeah. course, this is where we also get Spider-Man's symbiote suit by the end with the Secret Wars 2 and, and Secret Wars. Um, lots of lots of stuff going on, but we've got Cap front and center on the cover here. Um, 
participating. And so he really started to, once the Silver Age found the way to reintroduce him, really just started to branch out and become part of more stories and uh, just be a bigger presence in the Marvel Universe. And I think what was great about Captain America in this era, we're talking the, the, the you know, the Bronze Age is um, Captain America was a, I mean, at, you know, for lack of a better word, is a relic of of hope, of freedom, of doing the right thing. And they sort of put him in these stories where he's constantly struggling to keep that that mindset um, and influencing people to think the same. And, you know, Marvel's Secret Wars in this era, in the Bronze Age, uh, it really, really tested him. And we start seeing a lot of writers say, like, I think I, I know where I want to take Captain America. You really start seeing the footprints of all of the crazy stories that we're going to get into for the modern age. And even at the tail end of the Bronze Age, you start seeing those seeds uh, sort of being planted with Secret Wars and the early Bronze Age. Yeah. And then that leads us into as the Captain America series, the self-titled book uh, chugs along with issue 180, though the story was seeded a little bit before, we get the identity of Nomad, which was a very short-lived identity at first, and it has endured through the comics. You guys can see if you're watching the live uh, video format, we do have the Captain America and the Falcon uh, cover with the Nomad costume on it. If you are listening to the podcast format on a Thursday or any other day of the week, uh, we will have this featured at sideshow.com uh, slash geek. Uh, you guys can see all the covers and assets that we reference in this show. Maybe I'll even pull the Invaders one for the blog. <laughs> but um, after an incident, um, kind of just really disillusions Cap, he decides to try to step away from being uh, a representative of just this um, kind of blind faith American ideal. But yes. Hawkeye, who is also kind of in disguise at this point, convinces him not to give up heroism entirely. So he becomes the nomad, which is an important phrase because it means like a wanderer, a drifter, someone without a home mm -hmm. to go to or a man without a country. And so this reflected Steve Rogers' kind of feelings that he needed to step away. He could still do, and it's important to note, he can still do and fight and believe in the things uh, like hope and those ideals that he holds dear, but he's kind of separating himself from the people who are saying that he's he's a tool for them. Um, this was also after an incident involving the Secret Empire, which is a uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee creation from Tales to Astonish. This is not necessarily to be confused with the modern age Secret Empire story, but it does have roots uh, yes. very, very similar. Um, and it was a short-lived identity. I mean, there's even an incident where Steve Rogers trips over his nomad cape, uh, <laughs> giving further credence to Edna Mode's prescient uh, no capes. capes no capes rule um but the nomad identity does continue to float around in captain yeah. america comics um other people adopt it i know ricky barnes is one of the characters who takes on that identity but it just mm -hmm. that idea of a wanderer who still has their own ideals um almost like a ronin which is also interesting because when you consider hawkeye is the one who kind of convinced him to stay in the game uh keeping that identity um and that's important as, as short-lived as it is, it's an important precedent for Captain America yep. saying, I'm going to step away mm -hmm. from being this symbol with just a, just the, like, yeah, again, like the blind faith following. Right. You have to really step up for what you believe in. And sometimes that means stepping away for what you believe in. And it means stepping away 
entirely from your own mantle. And in issue, uh, in Captain America number 332, we actually get the famous Cap no more, you know, Captain America no more. Um, you know, after he turns into S.H.I.E.L.D., the writers would use, um, you know, basically this entire this entire storyline to comment on, you know, so many things that were maybe divisive at that particular time in our country. Uh, but, you know, Captain America was a wonderful palette or a blank canvas, I'm sorry, for, you know, some commentary, some social commentary during, you know, that whatever era he's lived in. And he's lived in a, a bunch of them so far. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Cap always comes back to, you know, the true hopes, uh, you know, hope and, you know, freedom and all the things that make Captain America, Captain America. But again, you know, as we were saying, you're going to start seeing that in this era, they really started pushing the boundary of who Captain America is and what is he, you know, without the shield, not playboy, you know, billionaire philanthropist, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not that, but you know, it to, to prove to so many people that everything great about him did not come out of a bottle. <laughs> Right. And and I know it's not it's not Thor's big day, but I like to liken it to the idea of while there's not an enchantment on the shield, mm -hmm. it has to be something that Steve is convinced and believes in enough to raise the shield. And so with right. Thor, Thor has to be worthy by his actions and his deeds mm -hmm. in order to lift the hammer and, and gain his power. And similarly, we have writers recognizing that Captain America needs to be convinced of his ideals and and believe in what he's fighting for in order to lift that shield and if not it's just an empty symbol it doesn't mean anything exactly so. yeah that's a great point um and so we, again in this era in the bronze age we really get you know um captain america fighting with everything that he's believed he stand you know he stood for in the silver and the end in the golden age um so there, i mean we'd be you know We'd be really upset with ourselves if we didn't bring up first, maybe the live action cap. Yes. <laughs> so move over, Chris Evans. Nineteen seventy nine. We do get our first live action debut of Captain America. Um, this was Reb Brown as Cap for a TV movie around the same time as we've got the Amazing Spider Man going on. We've got Lou Ferrigno's The Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. Actually, I believe the Captain America piece spun out of a deal that was also bartered for the Hulk. Um, and apparently they were supposed to have a crossover, but uh, that was shelved due to the belief that audiences wouldn't really care about a crossover. Exactly. And and look, Amy, I know we're going to get Will actually out there because they're like, this isn't actually the first appearance of, Steve, of Captain America. Like, I understand that he was in a serial in 1941. Not the delicious then, kind. Not the, I mean, I don't know. He's, he can do whatever he wants. Um, and then... There was also a um, a slew of different international films that used the Captain America name and imagery to be able to um, sort of capitalize on that. And he, one of them, it was a it was a Turkish Captain America film where he fought, you know, uh, Doctor Spider Man. I thought that was pretty <laughs> great. But the reason we bring that up is because this is the first uh, true appearance as Captain America that is Steve Rogers. So the Captain America that we know now, like uh, the serial wasn't even Steve Rogers. It was a, a detective. It was a PI. So this is the Captain America, you know, with Steve Rogers that we get. And uh, Red Brown, you know, who played him, again, was a huge comic book fan. 
and also was a very successful martial artist. So he was he was naturally built for it. I mean, again, it looked pretty silly, but it was pretty great. <laughs> and I also want to say that uh, it's got the best sequel title of all times because <laughs> there were two films released in the same year. The sequel is called Captain America 2 death too soon and if that's not better than anything i've ever heard before i don't know what is um and speaking of fantastic names the letters column in comics at this point was called let's rap with cap uh you know how i'm a sucker for letters columns in comics and rapping But uh, yeah and so that kind of brings us up to the tail end of the bronze age um if we have to suggest any comics to you definitely steve englehart's run on the books um that's where you're mostly going to see the title Captain America and the Falcon, but you mm-hmm. do want to check out the Nomad storyline, the Secret Empire, um, because those are kind of, and then of course the Cap no more uh, later in the game, because those are really essential Cap stories. Again, for we've got who he is, but seeing who he's not and what he chooses not to be, which is a just a blind symbol. Right. Um, and now if we're going to dip our toes over into the 90s, yes. we've got the modern age. So just everything from the 90s to now, this is the era that has some of the most definitive Captain America stories building upon what has come before. Right. But it's, these are the special ones that shaped mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, of course, storytelling as it is focused in on him right now. Um, now, before we get too deep into it, I do want to bring up one of my fun facts, Uh because it comes maybe maybe a couple dozen issues after Cap No More. We've got the Cap Wolf story. And if you don't know who Cap Wolf is, uh, welcome. Welcome. Boom. Uh, in is. Captain America 402 to 408, <laughs> Captain America was turned into a werewolf. <laughs> and this is real. Um, he was fighting Dr. Druid and Nightshade and a number of werewolf creatures. And he was uh, overtaken and sedated administered a wolf serum and he turned into cap wolf for several issues and this infamous story was even echoed when sam wilson took the captain america mantle in about 2014 or 15 um and you know how you really made it cap wolf is in the marvel lego superheroes number two game um and he was how, created by mark we get in that game mark gruenwald and rick levins well you know they do have a custom feature so you can like kind of make your own little characters we can make our we can make ourselves and give ourselves superpowers but uh cap wolf is one of my favorite weird captain america party facts to bring (laughs) out Uh, and yes sam wilson was also turned into a cap wolf um i believe he also had a hasbro legends action figure so anyways cap wolf is an incredibly iconic part of captain america's history and you know speaking (laughs) of captain america silliness literally pushed up right against the modern age we have one of my favorite things of all time that is so, that i found so last minute that i <laughs> favorite things of all time that you learned this morning that i learned this morning um that we didn't even add it into the script really we just amy's just like you know what paul go nuts so um i didn't even give chris an asset and i really wish i would have but in 1987 there was a free PSA that was given out to everyone at doctor's offices all over and it was titled Captain America meets the asthma monster (laughs) I love it so much so uh, (laughs) basically you've got a uh, you've got the asthma monster that's the name of the uh, the antagonist here and he has asthma and is so upset that there's no cure for it that he (laughs) That he has uh, a gun called the Aller gun that just gives people asthma. And the story ends up, you know, the it, he, he gets a two-issue arc. 
stick with me here everyone he's got a two issue arc and in the first arc it ends up there's two kids that have asthma so they're immune to his aller gun they call captain america captain america beats him up and he gets arrested so then he comes <laughs> back two years later in story. 1989 um in captain america return of the asthma monster um and so it is you know it's it's so telling because you know this is also one of the ailments that steve rogers suffered from naturally and we it's just funny to see steve rogers actually punching his asthma or asthma incarnate in its face um but the (laughs) asthma you know but the asthma monster again was defeated and then he was rehabilitated um and he he now goes by mr monster and he teaches uh a children's swim class you know, as part, you know, to as his to be reformed there, so anyone can change. But that's one of my favorite facts of all time, and that pushes up right against the modern serious dark age. So, can you I never mean, take yourself too serious with those cat PSAs. I felt like I needed to turn my chair around and say, "So you have asthma? Um, <laughs> so you want to punch your asthma in the face?" <laughs> that I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would. Um, but getting into the seriousness of uh, the modern age, we have, of course, one of the most iconic mm-hmm. uh, retcons. Which I mean, retcon is not in a bad way in this case just the addition of continuity um with the winter soldier and this was introduced in uh steve epting and ed brubaker's captain america number one volume five like i mentioned before Mm -hmm. now when he debuted in the first issue he was an unnamed assassin for the kgb but slowly over the course of time and the first i believe 14 issues of the arc um not every single issue inter uh concurrently but a few intermittently um, this assassin was teased with the cybernetic arm and slowly the story of Bucky Barnes's brainwashing was unveiled and this was yes. huge. Um, and this even led to Bucky eventually taking up the shield upon the death of Captain America, which comes up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a huge, huge thing. And of course, most fans will know that this is what led to one of the most, if not in my uh, knowledge one of the absolute best uh, MCU films, which is Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which does also incorporate elements of the Secret Empire. Right. If you take a look at that Hydra infiltrating Shield uh, side yeah. of things, but the introduction of Bucky Barnes, just the way it was then woven so neatly into the first Captain America film. Right. Uh, we have Brubaker and Epting to thank for that, and the letters column, because you know I love letters columns. Uh, <laughs> during the Brubaker and Epting run, was called Freedom of Speech. It's a little different than Rap with Cap. I think this is a little more serious, but it was called the Freedom of Speech, and yes. uh, that's where people could write in uh, to talk to the <laughs> creative team about what the heck was going on, what was happening. But one year later, one, one year, year later, Paul, you want to tell us what superheroes were being forced to sign up for? <laughs> um. You know, Jamba Juice subscriptions. <laughs> and also... Insidious. <laughs> insidious. The Superhero Registration Act, also known as a little uh, sort of, you know, world-changing event called Civil War. So we get, um, you know, we, we get Civil War here. And I also like to say, before we sort of dive into Civil War, thank you, Chris, this is the era that I personally call the cinematic golden age, because I think this is where... I'm not talking about the actual representation on the screen, but where a lot of the uh, base material for what we've learned to see in the MCU, this is where a lot of it, I feel, is pulled from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically, of course, with Civil War, uh, 
again in 2006, Cap leads the group of heroes, the Secret Avengers, opposed to the registration, including Falcon, Danny Rand, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and the Young Avengers. Sorry, versus... that's Danny Rand as Daredevil Dan- taking over for oh, Matt Murdock right. for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Matt just, you know, gives that cow to anyone, it seems. <laughs> um, and... So then, again, they are against Iron Man and his increasingly militant group of registration supporters. You've got Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four, She-Hulk, a scroll, uh, disguises Hank Pym. Spoilers, but it's been out for a long time, so yeah. we don't feel that bad. Oopsie-daisy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Cap eventually surrenders and orders his team to stand down. He is arrested and then assassinated, which Ruh-roh. leads to Amy Hira. I'm softballing this to you. Thank you. We've got the death of Captain America right in 2007. So this is a boom, boom, boom. We got 2005. You just learned that the Winter Soldier is Bucky Barnes. And we got Civil War. And then we got the death of Captain America. What is happening? Um, Of course, I'm not going to spoil this one for people who have not read the story. But he is assassinated post-Civil War. That's not a spoiler. It's right in the title. Um, And it's an 18-issue story arc, again, with Brubaker and Epting. Uh, and it starts in mm-hmm. Captain America number 25. So that is the continuation of volume five. So they didn't yeah. relaunch. Um, but this has huge repercussions throughout the Marvel universe. We actually see Bucky take up the shield for the first time. He, he does have that iconic black sided suit. Um, I believe he also uses a gun in his time as Captain America. Yes. Um, yes. And then we've also got from the fallout of civil war, uh, Tony Stark is shield director. We've got black widow trying to hunt down uh, Steve's killers. And mm-hmm. we get an extensive look, at the life of, or the the meddlings of Cynthia Schmidt, who is Red Skull's daughter, also known as Sin. So this yes. was just a big old story, and this, of course, on the screen we've got right now, is the most I think iconic and and prescient or prominent image uh, from that entire series. We've got just Steve Rogers on the steps. Everybody thinks right. that he's um, been a bit of a traitor, and this is not the last time we'll see people taking a stand against Captain America and believing that he isn't infallible and he's taken Mm -hmm. the wrong side in a conflict Um, that actually comes up very notably even though it wasn't necessarily his fault in probably the most controversial comic book storyline i can remember in the last decade uh (laughs) pour one out for the people who had to work at a comic book store when that one was coming out uh including me um but that is known as secret empire yes not the same as but very similar to the secret empire that was teased and uh recognized in the nomad story mm-hmm. uh, but this was of course nick spencer with uh i believe daniel acuna um and other artists on the books as well um, but we find out that red skull has been messing with the cosmic cube as he always does but this time he's kind of ruined captain america's life um bit. In, in in a notable way, he's replaced Steve Rogers with a Hydra sleeper agent where we get, of course, the iconic and world-shattering and absolutely, uh, I mean, it's a brilliant cliffhanger in terms of where you leave the audience reaction. I mean, the, the word of mouth alone on that book was in, mm-hmm. incredible in terms of people both hating it and wanting to read more. Uh, but of course, we get the Hydra sleeper agent, Captain America, saying Hail Hydra for the first time, yes. uh, which was absolutely terrifying. But uh by the second issue, it was revealed, of course, this was just the meddling of the Cosmic Cube. Mm-hmm. Um, this story also had payoffs from Civil War II. However, Captain America was not one of the leaders of Civil War II. That was Iron Man versus Carol Danvers uh, on the issue of uh, precognitive inhuman being able to predict crime, uh, mm-hmm. including 
the vision that uh, Miles Morales was going to kill Captain America. Yes. So a lot of adult superheroes had their eyes on Miles Morales. Yes. And I mean, again, as we were we were mentioning earlier, the Bronze Age sort of set the stage. And really in the modern age, we sort of get that, um, you know, that idea of the shield you know, being completely turned and, and, you know, turned on its head there. And it's really sort of hard to imagine where we would be without, you know, Brubaker's Captain America, Nick Spencer's uh, Secret Empire, because whether or not you've liked these stories, they are definitive, um, like absolutely definitive for so many of these, specifically, you know, Civil War. It led to its own Marvel movie specifically. Which was a Captain America film, not an Avengers film like right. some people do misremember. Right. Which, yeah, it was an Avengers light film. So um, <laughs> Avengers light. Yes. Anything. That was anything but. <laughs> yes. And, um, but yeah, I mean, really in the modern age, we get to obviously where like I personally started reading Captain America. So, you know, I know him from, that story specifically from Brewbreaker's run. Um, yeah. And then, you know, following the events of death of Captain America, civil war, secret empire, we get another great definitive run in Tanahisi Coates's run mm -hmm. and basically trying to regain the trust of those closest to him. And as well as the country as a whole, as Captain America, sort of making sure, you know, sort of re-cementing himself as, you know, uh, the flag incarnate and, Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a beautiful run it's also where my my background if you're watching on the live right now this is an alex ross variant of captain america number one that is i believe still available on sideshow's website as well sure as is a, as a fine art lithograph hand signed by alex ross not to uh put in a little plug there but again it's a beautiful piece and i believe it is titled after the arc which is winter in america um kind of the the what comes after uh for steve rogers in a very cold period now we do have a little bit of a hint of what's coming up next for Captain America as Marvel yeah. recently announced um, something that's really cool. And Paul, I'll let you take it because I know you love the writer. I sure do. Um, so we've got up, you know, up next. So, so I'll cover this little bit of the smaller story first. Next week, we've got Captain America, the 80th anniversary special. So that's next week, the 17th. And what that is is a retelling and a redrawn version of Captain America comics number one and the Avengers number four. Um, and again, I am not going to get into everyone that is on that team because there are about 4 billion uh, incredible Marvel artists on that team. The writers, there's no writers. It's Stanley, Jack Kirby, and Joe Simon. Those are the writers on it. Basically, every page or almost every page, maybe a couple of pages, um, is going to be drawn by a different artist. It's going to be a almost panel for panel redraw of, again, Captain America Comics number one and Avengers number four. You've got very the likes, similarly uh, to what they did with the recent uh, Giant Size X-Men relaunch where right. every artist took a different page of the original Giant Size X-Men. Yes, thank you. I was vamping because I couldn't remember, and I was like, Amy will come in and tell me. Yes, I Amy will interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so on that book, you've got Adam Hughes, Sarah Pacelli, you've got Greg Land, John Cassidy, uh, the Dodsons are on that book, Stephanie Hans, you've got Lineal Francis Yu, Elena Casagrande, who's doing the Black Widow book, Chris Somney, so many people are on that book. And they're just getting a, a couple of pages to draw, in their style, those two stories. But, and again, that's out next week. And but next, but it's June. I'm sorry, June second. We get a an actual brand new story by a writer that I currently love, Mr. Christopher Cantwell, and 
artist uh, Dale Eaglesham. And you've got Steve Rogers, John Walker, Bucky Barnes, and Sam Wilson honor the iconic Heroes 80th anniversary. And these four heroes have taken up the mantle, um, and that is uh, out on June 2nd. Thank you, Chris. So I do love the plot of this so much. Basically, being the, the saga kicks off with Captain America's shield is stolen, um, and no one understands the value of the shield. It's just being sort of passed around. So you've got Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson set out on a road trip to find that, and they run into a, uh, a group of people from – everyday walks of life that they just call themselves the captains and they live by captain America's creed. And for some reason, someone wants them dead. So it, it turns into uh, finding somebody the always wants somebody dead. <laughs> I can't stand it. So um, they're not really sure why uh, they want these people who are just trying to do good dead, but captain America is going to find out. So that is the United States of captain America out on June 2nd. All right. As we, don't. As we wrap up, I did want to bring up my last two quick little fun facts, one of them spinning out of uh, all those uh, brilliant gentlemen who you've mentioned who have uh, held the shield. Uh, Two other Captain Americas uh, have been featured in comics as well uh, of the female persuasion. We've got Peggy Carter, who actually made her uh, debut as Captain America in the Marvel Puzzle Quest game, but she did jump over with Exiles from 2018. Uh, But also, interestingly, we have Danielle Cage, who is uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's daughter, which brings me to my final fun fact. because this one's personal to me and I love it in the what if Jessica Jones had joined the Avengers comic where she is offered to uh, join the Avengers after her incident in which the Avengers nearly beat her into a coma. Um, (laughs) She does agree. She joins the shield agent team. She has superpowers and slowly she and Captain America fall in love and they get married. Um, I have no idea if, if uh, Danielle Cage's appearance as Captain America is a reference to this or this was just the fun side story Bendis wanted to tell. But even in the original Alias series, you can see that uh, Captain America is the only Avenger that Jessica respects. Uh, that comes up in the very first arc when she refuses to expose right. uh, secret tapes of him. Uh, in the Let Your Geek Side show group, we even had a discussion that Thor as an Asgardian god is one of the... Uh, or Captain America is one of the few people Thor respects and will take orders from. And so it just goes to show that Captain America, but especially Steve Rogers, because, you know, there have been uh, many different people holding the shield with different agendas and, and reasons to do so. But at the end of the day, Steve Rogers, the original and classic Captain America, is extremely respected even by the most uh, arrogant or uh disenchanted and disillusioned of superheroes so i think that's that's a lot of fun and i just had to get i had to get jessica jones in there somewhere but you got thor and jessica jones in a captain america show i'm proud of you and cap wolf (laughs) you did it so before we uh quickly or as as we wrap that that's a wrap on 80 years of cap i mean that was the that was the super abridged version of 80 years of cap no i think we, Um, we nailed every major thing that's ever happened all, all of yeah. them, ever. We'll get um, one email. We did ask you guys your favorite Captain America moments, and you guys provided, and we did pull a few of them out mm-hmm. uh, to highlight on our show. I want to give a shout-out to Mike Farbo and Nick Costa, who both also said the Infinity Gauntlet number four and specifically showed the panel that I chose for mm-hmm. uh, for panel of the week, saying Cap is the last man standing after Thanos brutally dispatches many of Marvel's greatest heroes. And again, that is just a, a iconic moment, even in a book that isn't his. Well, I know where two of your votes went. 
<laughs> I hope so. Mike Farbo <laughs> and Nick Costa, your checks are in the mail. So, uh, and then next we have uh, an image that was provided by Helen Kelly, which is sort of uh, this is fun because Amy also used this for our post, and um, this is a super incredibly monumental um, defining cap um, cap uh, speech. Oh, speech. Thank you, Amy. My my words don't make good. But um, the I mean, freedom again, of speech. <laughs> thank you. So it doesn't matter what the press says. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else: the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, "No, you move." Um, and that is Captain America completely wrapped up. Um, mm -hmm. He will always be the one to say, no, you move because I am doing the right thing, even if everyone doesn't think so. So Helen Kelly, great panel. Yes. With. And as many people noted, that does come up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though that speech is not necessarily delivered by mm -hmm. Captain America, but it is kept in the Captain America film family. Now, Jason Tate said Avengers versus X-Men number 11. And this this shows a, a different side to Cap, the strategic but not necessarily in the battle sense way cap knows the avengers cannot win the fight in front of them so he has to ask the hulk for help i love how cap feels bad about bothering the hulk but impresses upon him the stakes and yes. his ability to change the tide and ultimately convinces the hulk and i i, I do like hulk's concession of all right hulk will smash <laughs> hulk will smash <laughs> And then we got uh, one last one. We got one last one from uh, Ron uh, Yerenes and uh, Yerenes, I'm sorry. And he says, this scene always gives me a chuckle from Avengers annual number 16. And we did pull the panel. Uh, it says lost. And you see, and you've got Hawkeye here. And he says, he's gone. What would you have done if he'd been lucky enough to choose the other arrow? And then uh, Hawkeye tells Cap, Cap old buddy, when are you going to learn that in this world, you just got to make your own luck. And then Cap says, you cheated. Hawkeye, a trick from my old carny days. The whole universe was at stake. Did you expect me to be a cornball like you would play fair? So a few minutes went by, and then you see Hawkeye pitching again. Captain America is talking to Thor, and he says, Thor, I want you to keep a close eye on Hawkeye. He cheats. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let Amy be, be Thor. I Why? <laughs> Nailed it. And he's well, like, he cheats. <laughs> and I think, I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up i mean we do have those the beautiful speech and the amazing just absolute icon and heroicness of captain america but again at the end of the day he's just a kid from brooklyn just and from brooklyn. just love the idea that he doesn't like bullies no matter where they're from and you know what he doesn't like cheaters uh and so it, it is a very fun moment it also reminds you that hawkeye used to be a villain not a <laughs> not a super successful one but hawkeye used to be a villain but that's not we're not talking about hawkeye today just at no. the end of the day cap is a good person in every sense of goodness and whether that means cosmic level protecting uh everybody from the kotati invasion or or whatever is going on uh on the kind of big societal level mm -hmm. representing America or on the individual level, making sure people play fair and uh, have a fun and safe baseball game. Uh, mm -hmm. It's that's, that's who Captain America is. And I think 80 years has been an amazing time to explore that through so many comics and writers. Uh, and I look forward to, I mean, we'll catch you guys in 20 years when we're celebrating caps 100th, I hope. Uh, but uh, I hope just, so. there's still clearly a lot of stories to be told with this. There character. is. 
Um, and again, and you know, on that, thank you to all of you for allowing us to tell our Captain America story all day from our first live stream to this one. This is going to be the last live stream for Captain America Day, but we've got content going, you know, uh, for the rest of the day. But seriously, thank you so much. This was, again, this is really fun for all, for me, for Amy, for Rob, for everyone to sort of dig in and sort of appreciate, you know, how much of Captain America we, e we A, already knew, or B, you know, we didn't know. I didn't know that there was an asthma monster. And C, <laughs> how much we take for granted, like shield throwing and the ice block story and right? all these things. And I hope that one person out there one person out there who didn't know the cap wolf was a thing learned something today because that makes it all worth it to me it does yes and i will forever be calling myself the asthma monster from now on um That's mr monster oh mr monster i'm reformed but yeah but that's it we did it that's Captain America Day. We will be back next Wednesday on March 17th with all the new books for that week. Uh, but thank you guys for taking a little time out of your day to join us in this incredible Captain America retrospective, not only just on the Comics Hall, but for celebrating with Sideshow throughout uh, Captain America Day. We do have another event coming up, though, really quick before we let everybody go here. We you sure just... do. We are celebrating. Uh, Sideshow is turning 27 years young. Um, and you can head to right now, side.show forward slash birthday 21 that's the year 21 i know we're 27 but side.show forward slash birthday 21 rob's gonna drop some links if he hasn't already uh you can register there for exclusive registrant a uh, registrant only giveaways codes it's free and you get five dollars in reward codes so Plus it's free <laughs> and it's free did we mention that free 99 <laughs> so thank you everyone uh we'll see you guess what on Monday for our next event. That's when the birthday event starts. It goes from uh, Monday the 15th. Yeah, Monday the mm -hmm. 15th until Friday, Friday the 19th. The 19th, where um, I have a feeling Captain America might be coming up again on the 19th. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure Ooh. why it would be. I'm not sure if there's a Disney Plus show coming out or anything. But Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Special fun times for everybody. There is. There's so. Coming out. You guys are relieved of your duty, soldiers. Uh, take a na nice nap. Don't go sleep on ice for the next 20 or 70 years. But thank you guys again so much for joining us. As always, I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And this has been the Comics Hall Captain America Day special. This has been the Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek sideshow. show.